right, welcome to the Navy Vegas podcast. I am uh, I'm a little bit sick uh, this week. That might uh, kind of tam- tamper things in this podcast. I'm going to try to fight through it, though. I'm going to try to make the best show I can. Today we have um, a little bit of a shorter episode uh, than I think that kind of used to. Uh, they'll be, we'll only be talking about games. Uh, there's no, you know, kind of middle segment to talk about. Um, we will, I mean, there's only three games to talk about because of factors that I'll get into. And, uh, well, those are the reasons. I guess three is more attractive, so I tried to come up with the third, couldn't do it. So that's why. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but, you know, We'll keep it short and sweet. Try to give you as much information as I can about those three games. And, uh, well, let's just get into the first one, man. Uh, St. John, or sorry, Wartburg at St. John's. Um, I had St. John's winning by 17 points here. And, you know, it was weird. I I wasn't really paying attention to the D3 scores um, because Bethel had the late game against Linfield. I didn't really think that there was going to be much interesting that happened. I was a little bit interested in you know the Trinity, Mary Harden, Baylor game because you know we would play the winner of that game. But I was more focused on you know wanting to win the game at hand against Linfield. Um, so I go to Bethel. Uh, to watch the game because, um, you know, I'm not taking any chances with internet um, at my own house. So I go to Bethel to uh, you know, on campus to watch the game, and um, sorry, I look at the scores and I see Warburgers up by a pretty good amount, and and the Johnnies, you you just see as you know as the Bethel game is starting, as some of this is happening, you know, and credit I mean credit where credit I mean not credit where credit where it is due, just credit in general to uh, the Linfield broadcast, which was great overall. I thought they gave many updates as to what the scores were in. in I mean, they they give a little they gave a little bit more updates in games of interest. They gave a little bit more updates in the. Um, Mary Harden Baylor Trinity game and in the um, St. John's Warburg game. I mean, really, it was it was it was nice. Didn't have to check my phone a bunch of times. I mean, still had to check my phone a bunch of times for you know other scores, but um, it was nice just to get those scores and to not take the ninety minutes to load do uh, three footballcom It just it just kind of loads a little bit slowly. It's it just is what it is. Um, but yeah, you're watching, not watching, but you're hearing St. John's is slowly coming back. I think they get it w- within three at the start of the fourth, and you see, eh, well, there it goes for Warburg, and St. John's just absolutely, um, absolutely shoots themselves in the foot in the fourth quarter. Well, not only in the fourth quarter, but really, really the whole game in general. Four interceptions thrown by Aaron Severson, um, plus one fumble. So that's a five-to-one turnover ratio, um, because because Warburg only gave up one. 
that is absolutely disastrous for the Johnnies. You can get away with winning if you really dominate in terms of you know yards gained. They gain a little bit more than Warburg. I think it was maybe about 20 to 30 more yards. If you give up five turnovers, kind of no matter how they are, and you're not outgaining them by a bunch, it, you're going to have to rely on some pretty crazy stuff happening in order to uh, walk out of there with a the win, which St. John's didn't. And, sorry, I'm, I'm about to cough here. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was a... It's hard to describe the emotion. It's hard to describe the emotion because as soon as that happened, you know, Bethel's playing, and the thought just kind of dawns on you, we're the last team standing. And I don't know when exactly the last time that was. I know that didn't happen in 2018. Um which is the last time we went to the quarterfinals. It definitely didn't happen last year. I think 2013 was the last time that we were actually the last Mayak team standing. Not only were we the last Mayak team standing, but Linfield and Bethel at that moment where the only teams from Region 6, um, which I think is kind of the consensus best region in the country, uh, that were left playing games. Which was a really cool thought. <laughs> it was a really cool thought. You know, I mean, heck. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up that point later. Bring up that point later. Really, like, I think, I think that this really cements what I have thought of St. John's overall kind of the whole year. Because I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from Warburg. I think Warburg has proven that they're a great program. Or, sorry, a great team. Um... And I'm I'm of the opinion that I th- I think they're going to make it to the semifinals. I think they have a a decent shot to make it to the national championship game. Ah, it, it it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be it's going to be hard for them to do it. I think they have a chance though. I think they have a chance to go as far as uh, well, frankly, as far as they can keep on winning. Um, but of St. John's, I think this is confirmed of them. Uh, what I've, I've frankly thought of them kind of the whole season, which is, yes, yes, I think they're a great team. A lot of people don't think that, but yes, I think they're a great team. Um, not that a lot of people don't think they're a great team, but a lot of people think that I don't think they're a great team, which is not true. I've said this on the show. I've said this in public. Many times, yes, I think that St. John's is a great team and is a great program. Um, yeah, that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but it's true. It's true. But I, I, I honestly think that you know a lot of the media covering Division Three football. Um, I think I I really think that they've overhyped the Johnnies this year. I really do, um, you know, especially after the, the Whitewater win early. I think that Whitewater has kind of shown that they're not. I mean, they're 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 still a great program, or well, maybe they're just good this year. But you know, I don't know if that Whitewater win really shows you that much, especially because it was a sloppily played 
week one game. You know, then they kind of just uh, do I uh, do I want it? Do I want to make that joke? Do I want to make that? Oh man, it's risky. It's real written. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Um, yeah. Sorry, but they kind of just stumbled through week two against River Falls. You know, get the win, and then what happens? You come up to well, you come down to Arden Hills, and all of a sudden, uh, the Johnnies are not the number two team in the country anymore, and all of a sudden. People are both, you know, kind of, not that they weren't giving thought to the Royals already, but they were really thinking of the Royals as a great program, and, well, sorry, as a great team, and they were really, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's that many people downgrading the Johnnies at all, though. I think that what St. John's has shown us last season, um, and frankly this season, with you know some of the some of the struggles that they've had um <clears throat> excuse me against teams like Concordia you know River Falls the loss to Bethel they lost to Linfield actually last year and now they've lost to Wartburg I don't think that this is quite as great a team as people think they are and I think that the Mayak championship is is probably probably inflates a lot of people's opinion of of the Johnnies. Um, but I got to be honest, I I don't know. I, I I think I I I honestly don't think that Bethel had a winning squad on the field for that particular day. So yeah, that's that's what I have to say about Johnny football. They're still a great program. Don't don't think I didn't say that, but I think I, I really I really think that that a lot of people in both the national division three media and this especially annoys me kind of you know the 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 Minnesota um, media a little bit when they talk about St John's football yeah I think I think I think. They think a little bit too highly of the Johnnies. And I think that my point was proven right in September. And I think my point was proven right in November. Alright. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin. After we got that news, um, we had a game to watch. I suspected a lot that a lot of people would be watching the stream. There probably was a lot of people watching the stream. But there was a lot of Bethel fans in the visiting section, and I gotta say, man, that's I'm I I I'm I'm really proud um, of of our fans um, who made the trip all the way. I mean, heck, I mean it's it's a ways. I mean, it's more. Like it's almost, I think it's almost like a thousand miles into Oregon. You're either driving through just a lot of frankly just kind of boring landscape no offense to montana um or you're flying in which case you got to shell out a bunch of money to see a division three football game uh no offense to division three football but um yeah good showing from the fans 
and I and I ta- I touched on this earlier, but the Linfield broadcast is one of the best I've seen uh, for Division Three like internet streams. I feel like I know the whole town of McMinnville, Oregon. If you watch the stream, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it was like they every every. I mean, they had commercial breaks, like just like if you're watching a game on TV. And it was all local businesses, and it wasn't like they cycled through like two or three a bunch of times. Like you'll see a lot of the time. Like it was, it was like le- like a legitimate, like like legitimate commercials from a lot of businesses. And I, 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 I frankly, I don't even know if McMinnville is that big to have that many businesses that apparently have a big enough advertising budget to make. Frankly, pretty high quality commercials. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I was impressed. I thought the commentary was really good. There's a little homerism as as there always is. Um But you know, that's expected. And um You know, there's good replays. It was yeah, it was it was it was nice, it was fun. Um I think the first half, the first half kind of made you feel, because, I mean, Linfield goes down, they kick a field goal, then we go down, score a touchdown, then Linfield kicks a field goal, and I think we get stopped, and then Linfield scores a touchdown. They don't go for two for some reason. So we're up 14-13. And you're thinking, I think this is a repeat of kind of the Wheaton game, which is just kind of who doesn't score first. And I was I was sitting there, and I was I liked what I was seeing from the offensive line, and this stayed throughout the whole game. I think Rossi was only sacked one time, um, which is really good both for this game and for next game. That Rossi wasn't really touched. Rossi felt a little bit more like his true self. He was running the ball a little bit more, just a little bit, and just enough to get some crucial first downs. Um. And I mean, on the flip side of the coin, we got we got seven sacks or six sacks because I know one of them there was a penalty and they took the penalty instead of the play on the field. So I don't know how that's exactly counted. It might have been, but either way, we were taking pressure to the quarterback, and as soon as that happened, um, you know, he gives up the ball right before the half break. I think we kick another field goal, make the lead a little bit bigger. And going into that last part of the first half and going into the second half, I think that trend continued. We continued to rush the passer. Our offensive line continued to perform. We continued to run the ball with Ghibli. And, um, I mean, there was some great, <laughs> there are some great plays with Joey Kidder. Some of them may be a little bit controversial. There was one that, you know, Apparently wasn't a catch, but I mean, heck, I was watching the Linfield broadcast, so who knows. And the two end zone interceptions from Anthony Hockett. We <laughs> interceptions. I got to be honest. I I've been a little bit disappointed at kind of the lack of interceptions um, this year. And sometimes you know you kind of just either get them or you don't. It's there's not a whole lot that you do to create interceptions. 
um, that you can especially focus on as a team. But the times that we have gotten interceptions, um, like you know, like multiple interceptions in a game. <coughs> excuse me. You think about St. John's and the two game-winning interceptions. You think about Augsburg and the interception in the end zone and the interception on the two-point conversion. You think about Wheaton and the pick six. And now you think about Linfield and two interceptions in the end zone to get the win by seven points. I mean, this team is... I think that the defense has really especially performed when they've had to. You know, they have two two-point conversion stops to win games this year. Um, and again, the pressure on the quarterback was huge. Was absolutely huge. Um, and in that second half, I like. I mean that that was, that was sheer dominance. That was sheer dominance. Linfield didn't score any more points after that last touchdown. And um, we walked away with a decisive victory. <clears throat> yes, it was. It was great. It was great. A little bit weird walking through campus after that. Pretty much just empty and just looking around, like, "Yep, moving on to the next round." And then you, ha- and then you had the feeling. Now that we beat Linfield, we're the last team standing in the best region in the country. And we're the last team standing in maybe the best, excuse me, maybe the best conference in the country, especially after the YX flop in the first round of the playoffs. And it just, it just feels, it feels like we have accomplish something even if we lose next Saturday. You know, like, it's like, it's not like, oh, well, you know, well, I guess, you know, we're just kind of happy to show up next Saturday, just happy to make it to the quarterfinals. It's not like that. I think we have a legitimate shot to win in the quarterfinals, as I'll talk about in the future. And I think that, I think that will definitely mean a lot, but it feel like, it feels like officially a really successful season. Um, and I think there's there's oddly a lot of definitions that you could have talked about at the beginning of the year, what a successful season might be for Bethel. I th- I mean I think for me the big thing was a conference championship, and when you look at the record books, and you look at the conference champion for 2022, it'll say St. John's was the conference champion. And that's technically true. They won the game that was de- that was designated as the championship game. But I think that when you talk to people who went through this season, and when you actually look at what the season entailed, it will be Bethel and not St. John's that will be remembered as the Mayak team and Region 6 team from 2022. Um yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a great feeling. And that's not 
it's not like it's not what I thought was going to happen. Like, if you talked to me at the beginning of the year, you said, okay, you're going to make it to the quarterfinals, but you're going to go 8-2 and two in the regular season, and, you know, you're going to lose to St. John's in the conference championship game. It's like, oh, uh, really? Like, we're going to lose to St. John's twice? Well, I mean, it turns out that we actually lost to a completely separate team in a weird, fluky backup quarterback game. And you still beat St. John's, but then you also lose to St. John's. But then you also go further than St. John's. And like, and this is this is what I love about college football. Is that I mean, there's so many, there's so many scenarios for so many teams, and it's, and I think I think that this season has gone very well for Bethel, whether or not we lose next Saturday. Um, and speaking of next Saturday, I'm gonna stop the recording for a little bit. I'm gonna cough a whole lot, and then uh, we'll move on to round three, week uh, fourteen. And uh, big quarterfinal game, first ever game versus University of Mary Harden-Baylor. I'll see you there. All right, let's talk about round three. Let's talk about the quarterfinal. Let's talk about, what is it, Belton, I think it is, Texas. And let's talk about what we can expect from Mary Harden-Baylor. Um, excuse me. I look at Mary Harden Baylor, and there's kind of two things to think about. Well, really three, I think. There's the historical Mary Harden Baylor, you know, very successful program. I think three national championships in the last century, and um, you know, last year's national champion. And they have all the success and, you know, conference champions. And you have kind of the current day stuff to think about where, I frankly, I think, I think that this team really isn't as great as, you know, rankings and seedings have said that they are. I don't think that there has been too much of a hype train on uh, on Mary Harden Baylor and the Crusaders. Um, but I certainly think that this is a winnable game, and I think that you know some people who don't really follow Division Three that closely, but you know they kind of loosely follow Bethel football. I think they might kind of look at this and think, "Eh, yeah, that's a loss." Yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll see. We'll see, you know. Tell me if, if if we win that game, and then we'll be a good program, and then blah blah blah. But I think that this is going to be a close game. Um, and uh, let me tell you why. I think that Bethel has really shown. How do you say it? I want to say they've really shown competitiveness. They've They've played really well against, you know, kind of like elite teams. And by elite, I mean like top five. Um, which, like, like, I think that the result against Linfield, I think that's 
that's a result that only, well, not only an elite team can do, but is the result of an elite team. I think the result against St. John's, even though I don't think that St. John's is quite an elite team, I think that's the result of an elite team. And I think the way that they have shown up, I think, is what an elite team does. Um, so because of that, I got to be honest, I think just in talent-wise and in you know how good a team you are-wise, I think that we're one of the five best teams in the country. Now, to me, the big question is, what version of and this is this has been the question for really four weeks for all those games. What version of Jaron Rosti are you going to be seeing? Is he going to run it all? Is there a risk to him running it all? Is he comfortable with you know throwing long passes? Um, and I think that you know after the Augsburg injury, I think that we've slowly kind of seen kind of the true form of Jaron Rossi just kind of slowly come back a little bit, either because his injury is getting better or because the stakes are higher and, you know, you, you just, you risk a little bit more, you know, in the St. John's game, he clearly didn't really want to throw that far. You know, he clearly was not very comfortable. He did not want to run at all. Just, just a sad thing to see. Wheaton game. Still didn't really want to run. He ran a little bit. Still didn't really want to run. But he was definitely a little bit more comfortable making a lot more different throws. Threw out that one block to get that touchdown. Um, Then the Linfield game. You saw him run a little bit. You saw him make some really good throws. You saw him... I think he escaped a few sacks in that game. You're just seeing him slowly, slowly, slowly... Uh, go back to, frankly, what he was before the Augsburg game. Do I think we're going to see, like, a full 100%? This is, like, you know, all Jaron Rossi performance? Uh, not quite. One second. <coughs> but, that being said, um, I think that you'll see a fuller Jaron Rossi performance than what we've seen um, since that game. I think he's going to run a little bit more. Um, and that's that's going to be a big danger. And, uh, well, I mean, let's talk about the crew. The big concern, uh, when you look at Mary Harden Baylor, is their uh, rushing yards. I think they average, I think it says, 208 per game as a team. They have, they have a lot of backs that can do that. Um, leading rusher um, Alfonso Thomas, I think it says seventy-one point eight yards per game. Um, I think that's going to be really dangerous. But you know, after the Linfield game, and well, I mean, it's hard to say after the Wheaton game because I mean Wheaton was a disaster. When facing the run, but after the Linfield game, I think this team is going to go in ready to face the run, unlike the Wheaton game. Um, I haven't checked the weather, but this game is being played in Texas, so I think relative to what they've seen recently, I think it's going to be practically like playing a game in the Bahamas. 
Um, and I think I think that they're going to be. I think they're going to be able to, to contest with the run a little bit. I think they're going to be able to slow down the run enough. Uh, their quarterback, Kyle King, 250 yards per game. I think he had like 65% completions. Doesn't really seem like a world beater. Doesn't really seem like a guy who can kind of beat you um, every play. He's still good. He's still going to be something to contend with, especially when, um, especially when, you know, we'll probably be focused so much on the run. Uh, I I do worry about that a little bit, but I think I think that's going to stay under control. Uh, and then the flip side of the ball, um, it's well, it's about protecting Jaron Rossi as it has been for a long time. He's got to survive all four quarters uh, if they want if they want to win this game. Um, here's what I think you're going to see, though. I think. I honestly think that they're going to go with Ghibli a lot as they've relied on him so much in the playoffs. I think they're going to go to that well again. Um, and then just wait and wait and wait. And then you got you got Kidder or you got Neewald or you got Ellingson wide open. And all of a sudden, bam! You got a sixty-plus yard touchdown. I think I think you're gonna see something a little bit like that. That's not really based on much. It's based off of a feeling, and actually, my feelings have actually have actually worked out pretty well this season. <laughs> um, and I think that you'll see Jaron Rossi make a few key plays with his with his legs. Not that he, you know, I don't think there's gonna be any designed runs necessarily, but you know. Sees that he can get the first down on like a third and mid yard, mid yard range play, and he just takes off and he just takes the first down. Uh, I hope he slides. I hope he slides, but you know, making plays. And yeah, I think I I ultimately think this is going to be a really close game though. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think there's... I could honestly see this going anyway. Not really either way, but anyway. I think there's a legitimate shot that we could... You know, maybe not blow them out, blow them out, but, you know, win by multiple scores. I think we could win in a tight game. I think they could win in a tight game. And I think they could win in a blowout. Especially if Jaron Rousey doesn't survive all four quarters. Uh, I hope they don't cheat. I hope they. I hope they're not trying to injure Jaron Rosti. Um, if so, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to make that joke. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun experience. At I think there's a watch party going on. That's going to be a fun experience. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be fun to watch these guys play at such a high level. Win, lose, or draw. I'm excited. Go Royals. I will see you all next week for what will hopefully not be the last episode of the Navy Vegas podcast. Unfortunately, though, I have to remind you, that is a legitimate possibility. So if Bethel doesn't win, then we'll do a recap next week and well, of the game and of the season. 
And then that will be it of the show, at least for this year. So I will see you next week. Thank you.